Welcome to the Channel 17 Podcast, a weekly Atlanta Braves discussion podcast brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. I'm your host, Will Floyd, and joining me as always, my father, Tim Floyd. Great to be with you, Will. So I have often opened these by asking, are the Braves good? I'm still not sure about that, but they are definitely fun. They, they have. They, they almost every game goes down to the wire. They're hitting home runs, um, but they're keeping games interesting. Um, we're talking on Friday after the Thursday night twelve to eleven win over the Giants, and that was certainly interesting and fun in a lot of ways, but also <laughs> frustrating. Right. Um, doesn't answer the question whether they're good, but no doubt they are a fun, interesting team to watch this year. And it actually gets to uh, one of the real problems facing the Braves moving forward. After winning last night, they are 34-38, and 38, which has vaulted them into second place in the division, but they are still nine games back of the Nationals. They're not going to win the division. Right? They're not going to win a wild card. They're 12 back of the first place wild card team. And I believe if I'm seeing it, oh no, the D-backs and Rockies are tied. Right, the D back. Yeah, the problem. Forty six and twenty seven. The problem with the National League, it is. It is. I I don't remember ever having a season that was so lopsided, with basically um, five good teams and then ten teams that really aren't playing all that well at all. Um, Three of the teams with really good records. Actually, it's just four good teams. Three of the teams are in the West, and um, the Nationals are chugging along at a pretty good pace. But the Central, thanks to the Cubs playing basically 500 ball, is not very good. Um, we know how miserable the East – I mean, the fact that the Braves were in second place tells you all you need to know about the strength of the Eastern Division. Um, so, so that makes some people think, well, does that mean the Braves have a shot at the playoffs? Well, they're a long way out because one of either the Diamondbacks or the Rockies would have to completely collapse the rest of the way. Nobody thought either team would be as good as they are. Um, I'm talking about if the Braves for the Braves to get maybe the second wild card. Um, right now, it's it seems it, it's a runaway race that both wild cards would come from the West if things continue as they are. But nobody expected either the Diamondbacks or the Rockies to be as good as they are. So if either or both of them all of a sudden started playing more what you expected, maybe it's an open race for that. But that's a fool's errand, don't you think? I don't yeah. Think well. Well, one of those things may collapse, but I don't. The Braves are not, you know, a, a team that's going to win eighty-five, eighty-eight games. The Braves would have would to take. have fantastic performances from young pitchers being called up. Boy, it's kind put, of what I've realized. Put your finger on it there, because the Braves are scoring runs at a decent enough clip, <laughs> and man, when they play at home, it's it is kind of the new launching pad, isn't it? Um, and they're they're getting good offensive performances kind of up and down the lineup, but the the pitching is really disappointing. All three veterans they brought in are are really not doing what you'd hope. Garcia was the one who had done pretty well, uh, and he's had a couple of really lousy starts in a row after last night. All of which is a way of saying if they're going to do well, they're going to have to have some new pitching. They got lots of young pitchers they could turn to, but. 
that's not going to happen either, I don't think. Not this year, I mean. And to be fair, in three starts, Sean Newcomb has more than lived up to his billing. Newcomb so far, yeah, that's maybe the but, one of the most encouraging, exciting things of this young season. At some Only point. three starts, but man, he looks good. At some point, he's going to have a day when he's throwing more like 95 instead of 97. Although, who knows what he's really throwing. Based yeah, on I, with, with Newcomb, I don't think that's the variable that matters. It's that all of a sudden... Instead of you know putting the ball on the corner or at the knees or up around the letters, it's going to be more belt high in the middle. Oh, I think um, if he's throwing, or it's going to be off the four? plate. No, 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 another six inches where he walks five people. Here, here's what I think about Newcomb: if he throws ninety four, he will leave it over the plate enough that guys will crush it. Yeah, um, there's some Kyle Farnsworth disease going on there. Is my point? He's he he does have command issues. And I mean both that he obviously we know he walked way too many people throughout his minor league career, um, but he also, at least from what I've seen, before he came to the major leagues, uh, would leave too many balls over the plate as well. Um, so far in the big leagues, he's, his command has been pretty impressive. Um, I know he's walked a few guys, but three of those were in just one inning, and in the three of the of the six or seven unintentional walks he's got. Um, He's only got about three or four walks in 15 or 16 innings, um, if I'm remembering right. Well, that's the kind of pace you'd love him to keep up, as opposed to the you know one walk every two innings, which is what he's done throughout his career. But anyway, Newcomb. But man, this isn't a guy that you're going to go. He is a Cy Young contender for the rest of the year. Tehran has settled down a bit. With him. Tehran has had three pretty good starts in a row. He's not pitching as well as he did last year. He's pitching more like he did two years ago. It's hard to know with that guy. How good is he? He's he's solid. He'll be all right. Um, but he's not he's not a quote ace unquote. Also, this is Mike Fultonavich. This is who he is. Yeah, I which is pretty that. solid. I'm, I'm not re- I'm not ready to say there's no more development in Fulty. There may not Fine. be. And He's even not going to take a massive step he, he, forward. He might be a solid, you know, middle of the pack kind of starter um, for a good while to come. But and part of why I wanted to start with the rotation is that obviously the offense hasn't been the problem. Man, the offense and is... and the offense actually leads to a lot of weird questions. The biggest one going into what might be the biggest news for nothing happening I remember in recent Braves history. What are your thoughts on Freddie Freeman possibly playing third base? That is, I think, without a doubt, the weirdest story that's come around in a long time. And I I just dismissed it. I didn't take it seriously when I first heard those rumors. But um, then all of a sudden Freddie comes out and says, oh, no, that's what I want to do. And then you see all these clips of him over there fielding balls at third base. Um, Well, I guess I still don't really believe it. I mean, I know it might happen, but at some level, I just can't quite imagine it happening. He has not played third base since high school. Right. And I don't think you he know, finished high school as a third baseman. I think he was drafted as a third baseman, but I'm, I'm not sure. I know he hasn't really played third base professionally. I mean, I'd, I don't think that he was, quote, drafted as a third baseman. He might have Oh, I know what a, you mean. Yeah. I think they were like, oh, we're sticking him at first. I remember when Freeman first came up. Um, somebody mentioned on the announcer or something, you know, this kid played third base in high school. He's got a, a really good arm for a first baseman. 
he seems to have pretty good hands. Um, he, he, he scoops the ball well. And somebody said, I wonder if he could play third base. This is like in his rookie year, you know, six, seven years ago, whenever that was. Um, hadn't entered my mind since. Um, my, my verdict will never change, and I assume even when I see him try it. If the ball is hit at Freddie, I would feel confident he could handle a chance at third. If yep. it is hit anywhere um, to the side of him, I have no faith at all he would get it. As I said earlier this week, I remember Bob Horner at third base. Horner himself had pretty good hands. He had an okay arm. Uh, he always had a pretty good fielding percentage because he would field the ball. But if it was a couple of steps either side of him, base hit the left, you know. <laughs> I suspect Freddie's going to be safe. Freddie's kind of a first baseman that way. He doesn't come out uh, very good in a lot of the sophisticated fielding metrics for first baseman. Because he has no range. Because his range is so bad. You know, a casual fan watching and says, man, the guy can really pick it at first base. He, he saves his fielder's errors by scooping and stretching, which he does. I think he's really good at it. Um, and he, he doesn't seem to boot very many balls, um, but very little range. He's such a big lumbering guy. Is is there much precedent for a guy who's, you know, six five being a good third baseman defensively? Uh, not a guy who's it's, six five with those shoulders and feet. Well, right. Um, I mean, I don't think it's his size as much because A Rod no, is huge. True. You know, but we're talking about very different kinds of athletes. Yeah, third base is a you know quickness reaction kind of place you um you got to dive to your right and left you got to charge the ball um so I, I it's hard for me to imagine and yet seeing the stories this week this is apparently being driven by freddie himself well he wants to win he wants to win now we got to keep matt adams batting the lineup um i mean i don't think it would happen if management didn't also think it might be worth happening um so i i don't know Part but you don't tell the is, guy, don't do it while you're rehabbing, because he's got to be around and he should take grounders anyway. Yeah. I and think it develops his arm. Yeah. But but they, they didn't need to make such a big public story out of it. And, um, that's what's so... Ooh, do they? Well, they've certainly got people talking about the Braves as a result. Well, here's the other thing. The reason for this is that Matt Adams is... I, I don't even know who to compare him to. Because apparently all he does is crush extra base hits. He, he never does. hits a single. He walks sometimes. He strikeouts. He gets some strikeouts, but not like crazy level. He has. And then he just crushes the ball. On this season, I think 12 of them have come since he took over at first base mm -hmm. for Freeman. Freeman had 14 home runs. You realize the Braves' first baseman is on pace to hit over 60 home runs this year if you if you combine them into one person. I think um, the only position in the majors with more home runs is Yankees right fielders. And yes, that's mostly oh, Aaron Judge, but I think one other guy played right field once and got a home run. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. That Adams is, and that's what's fueling it. Oh, Matt Adams, we, he's got to play every day. Well, you and I both are pretty firmly committed to um, the principle of regression to the mean. It it, it is mm -hmm. real. It happens. Matt Adams has never. I'm not sure he's ever even had an 800 OPS in a major league season, um, and now it's he's he's hitting over his head, and people often do that for a month. Um, it's kind of, I, I, I love Matt Adams. What he's done has been fun. Um, 
But he's a good guy to have on your team. He'd be a great left-handed pinch hitter off the bench. Well, but no. Move your best player, uh, one of the best players in baseball, coming off an injury to a new position to accommodate a guy like that. Doesn't make a lot of sense. When we got me. Matt Adams, we both said we think that he could stick around as a good bench bat. He yeah, has been more than Eric a good Hinsky. bench bat. <laughs> yeah, he's a lot more than Eric Hinsky ever was. Um, and to the point that I think some of the no, we could stick with Freeman is a leveraged leveraging thing for trades almost entirely if you yeah. make a big deal of we love matt adams we want to keep him we're not just giving him away i've heard that talk too that it's just kind of games playing by the front office to give them more leverage than adams because nobody else is going to assume um the Braves really want to keep him, so that drives down his value in the trade market. Um, but if they Braves sex serious about keeping him, that, I understand all of that. It's just hard for me to – is Freddie a part of that scheme, or is he sort of an innocent dupe going well, no. along with it? The reason they don't shoot down Freddie coming to them and saying, I'd play third, is threefold. One, maybe it turns out he can handle third. He's got – Weirdly good reactions, despite the fact he has very, very heavy feet. Two, he's rehabbing anyway. You want to talk about it. Matt Adams is hitting the ball. Why not? And then, with these things going ahead, it also helps you in the trade market. Yeah, that, that all, it I could mean, be both. It doesn't need to be that sort of... I think Freddie came up with it as like, hey, how's my... How are we going to keep Matt Adams bad in there? I could do this. And the reason they didn't shoot it down. You know, be- better Freddie Freeman playing third base than Matt Adams playing either right field or left field. Probably. If you really want to keep Matt Adams in the lineup when Freddie comes back. Well, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I Freeman may be able to play third base for all the reasons we said. He's got pretty good hands. He's got a good arm. Um, I think he could play third base, you know, better than, I don't know, Dave Kingman. <laughs> Me. Uh, maybe as good as Bob Horner. Third base. Bat, maybe that's worth having, you know? Third base has always been the place where you try people out. I mean, going back to Mel Ott in the 40s had one season at third base. Yeah. For reasons surpassing understanding. And then, like, acquitted himself and moved back out to right field. Uh, I don't think I even remembered that. And sticking with the New York Giants, Bobby Thompson did it. Didn't they also try Pedro Guerrero there with the Dodgers in the 80s? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's it's a thing where this happens. It usually doesn't happen from first. It's usually the guy who you're like, shouldn't he be a better outfielder? Maybe it's a thing about tracking fly balls, and then you try him at third. But not a guy who you're like, he's a really good first baseman because he's slow. Yeah. But the other thing that's encouraging... I. The reason I wanted to start with the Braves are fun but not yet good. If you could trade Matt Adams for a guy who could be your fourth outfielder for the next three years and a decent relief pitching prospect that could come in and be a reliever next year and a lower down guy, that's actually a good haul. We gave up Juan Yepes. And it's Matt Adams who has never done this before. Right. Oh, you, I, I'm I'm a big believer. You got to you got to trade Adams as much as I've enjoyed him. Uh, he doesn't have a position when Freeman comes back. Um, he's got value. You can sell higher now than you ever could. 
Yeah, of course they need to do that. The kind of haul you just described makes sense to me. And I did not mention a starter. Right. Very specifically. I mean, this is not... He's just not going to get that kind of haul back that you, you know, would envision. And it would be fine to get people who you can plug in, you know. If you trade Matt Adams and Nick Markakis getting a an above average 4A outfielder might be a necessity. And also, if you have guys develop, it's good to have depth. I mean, this is really where I'm at. I don't need Matt Adams to bring back a superstar prospect. I mean, he's not going to, but I also don't think that that's what anyone should hope for. No, but you know... That raises an even bigger question that is kind of fascinating for Copy on the front office over the next month. Suppose this team continues to play above 500. Since June 2nd, I added it up, they're playing at a 600 clip. They're 12 and 8. <laughs> Very small sample size. But suppose they, they keep playing at that so that they are, if they do that up to the All-Star break, they are right around 500 um, at the All-Star break. That's possible, right? Um, the fans are going to be talking like, man, we're going to make a run. You know, the, the 91 team was 500 at the break, and look what they did. Um, well, people don't remember it as well as I do, but that's pe- – people will – you know. The, oh, Chip will bring it up with every broadcast. Right. Um, and, you know, Freddie was even talking, I'm going to make this move because I want to go back to the playoffs. And um, if all of a sudden you start trading away, not just him, but, you know, Brandon Roberts who's been contributing. Brandon or, Phillips. I don't know if – I mean, Brandon Phillips, um, Brandon Roberts. Um, I don't even know where you were uh, going with that one. I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If and and the problem is, um, you know, I I think it's going to it could be a PR problem to start trading away a lot of these guys that are really doing well. The Braves have several veterans who are you know kind of playing over their heads offensively, including Matt Kemp. Um, Maybe he's reestablished a norm for himself at this age, but, man, he keeps hitting. Um, Flowers is hitting over his head and has been. Um, Marcakis is, you know, having a good solid year again. They've all get, they all have good trade value, I think, but they're also contributing to the Braves playing as well as they are, and it's, it, it would, it, it's going to be tough to trade any of those people if the Braves are, you know, near 500 in July. Um even being near 500 July doesn't really mean they're in the hunt for no. the playoffs, though. That's. Um, I mean, I think if they get on an even better hot streak and both the Rockies and the Diamondbacks fall back, then it might make some sense. But you would need basically three teams to reverse course from their season-long trends. Yeah. And that's probably not likely. Although, it, the other thing is, I don't think anyone will be sad if Bartolo Colon never makes another start for the Braves. Well, let's hope he doesn't. I yeah. mean, I, I, Bartolo is fun, but I, I, if he's going to do it, it's going to be expensive. One of the younger pitchers that I'd rather see pitch anyway. So, and yeah, I, I kind of, I love watching a knuckler, but I think R.A. Dickey is probably also not going to stick around that much longer. Yeah. And I was hoping with a good start or two, Jaime Garcia would be moved out. Garcia wasn't have pitching all that well early, but his numbers didn't look too bad. He was, he was doing okay. And if you really uh, had needed a couple of really good starts, but his last two starts have been really bad, yeah. unfortunately. 
last night he didn't make it out of the fourth. He gave up seven hits and three walks, I think, six runs. And he just wasn't locating. And Garcia's got to keep that ball down in the zone. He kept The ball kept drifting right out over the middle. And, man, they were crushing it. I also think if Jim Johnson puts together a good scoreless inning streak on a minor level, he should be flipped immediately. Yeah, but he, that's one more example he hasn't of how done that some of these guys are ruining their, their trade value. He blew the save um, earlier this week. He damn near blew it last night. He gave up two runs in the ninth. Um, now, now, by the way, the Braves' defensive miscues, I mean, the one game they lost earlier this well, yeah, I think. Was, was the most disastrous <laughs> inning I've seen in a long time. It, except they had one like except, that against the Angels oh, earlier. Yes. Can <laughs> I point out, though, the Braves are already losing at that point. It just put the game yeah. out of Yeah, well, yeah, but the one this week was, was the one they were leading two to nothing going into the eighth, and it was it was two consecutive misplayed balls on the infield that led to the three-run homer right. that and lost so, them the game. That, what I'm that saying was is, disastrous. You know, Last night was almost as bad. Yes, um, but the the ninth inning, uh, and it wasn't even an error um, officially. But I I, I I fell asleep before I couldn't stay awake for the ninth inning. But I watched the replay. You know the the Giants were creeping back. They were in a couple of runs. Had the bases loaded um, in the ninth. Ground ball to Danny Santana, who's playing second because Phillips pulled something, um, and. He just didn't know what to do with the ball. <laughs> he, he, he was going to try to tag the runner. He never did. And then he finally threw the first. The guy was safe. All, he could have gotten either either batter or both out, either runner out, uh, very easily. It's like he didn't have any idea what he was doing there, uh, which was very... Probably because he's not really a second baseman. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's true. I mean, but what I'm really... That, that's, a, that's a long way of saying it's not a huge point, except yeah. that defensively the team has, has struggled here and there. And adding Freddie Freeman to the infield is not going to help. Right, exactly. But, I mean, I always favor defense in my head. I am always the guy who says, if someone's between two positions, put them at the easier spot. Yeah. But I like the idea of trying these things out because the team is so close to being a solid team. They might already be solid, but they're not good. And I still think Coppolella's main thing is what will bring this team a world. You're, you're, I think his eyes his eyes are still on the prize. Um, I was saying it's going to be a tough PR decision, but I think if he can trade any of these veteran hitters or even a veteran pitcher for anything valuable, uh, I think he's going to do it. And they were, and we'll see. He's almost better off if the Braves don't play over 500 for the next. And if they they go into the All Star break, you know, ten games under five hundred, they're then closer to five hundred. But that, that that's that's frustrating as a fan. I don't want them to lose. I've enjoyed this stretch over the last few weeks. They're fun to watch, and they all these games they win in the ninth inning or extra innings. Um, but that's also not a sign of a team that's good. The sign of a team that's good is that you consistently win <laughs> right. big. And I think that Copy knows that. I mean, and I'm going back to, like, the beginnings of sabermetrics and stuff that was being written about in the 70s. This isn't rocket science or anything. Um, You are a better team when you consistently beat people by large margins rather than squeaking it out. 
and the Braves are not really putting it on people that much. They're in it, which is better than they've been recently. Well, they're they're not having games where the starter is just shutting down the other team, and you you, you have just kind of a routine six to one win. <laughs> the starting pitching just is not good enough to have those kinds of regular games. And that makes a difference. And it's also why if we trade Matt Adams, I'm fine with not having, you know, a massive haul of super prospects. Yeah. We need the depth. We need to kind of build up some things that are a bit different. And we can't expect that we're going to necessarily improve just because we have so many young guys. We don't have an obvious outfielder to step in if we trade Kemp and Marcakis. So if we that's do, true. we might want somebody who can like handle it enough. That, that's a pretty good reason not to trade one this year because you really had nobody sure, to I turn guess, to. Maybe. What's that? Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, 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 the real key to this team is the young pitching that's in the minor leagues developing over the next couple of years so that in three or four years they have just got a, a lights-out rotation. And then some of the other younger players like um, Acuna and maybe even um, some of the guys at lower levels than that um, really coming through. It's still much more of a long-term thing than it is um, competing the rest of this year or even next year. At some point, people's patience is going to run out, and they may have to decide, no, we need to start doing more things to put a winning product on the field. They sort of half-assed it this year by signing the aging veteran pitchers. Uh, that hasn't worked out so well, obviously. But, that but was, the that Phillips was acquisition the was great. It was. The Kemp yeah. trade has been brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that, that's, that one's pretty bizarre. It's, that, it was so bizarre to have traded um, – for Hector Oliveira, still far and away the biggest head-scratcher of the copy era. I, I can't imagine what was going through their minds on that. But they sort of turned that one around, um, thanks to Kemp turning out to be as good as he is. Um, although, by the way, don't go look at Alex Wood's stats oh, if you want to think about that. He's, he's, that, that. That was a mistake, getting rid of that guy. I mean, would you rather have Matt Kemp or Alex Wood right now? I don't know, but probably well, Alex Wood. Alex Wood. Isn't he about to get much more expensive, though? Well, yeah. I mean, um, that's the concern always. I'm doing what you just said not to do and looking up Alex Wood's stats. Yeah, it's depressing. Yes and no, in this way. I don't really think he's a sub-2 ERA guy. Well, the other oh, he won't, he won't sustain that. But a lot – see, part of the talk when they made that trade was, well, you know, Alex Wood is just an injury waiting to happen. He can't sustain the success he's had. Uh, so let, let's get out while the getting's good on Alex Wood. Um, that looked to be true for the last two years. somewhat with the Dodgers last year or year before. But he is uh, – he's shown he can, he can still pitch at a pretty high level at the major leagues at least sometimes. And that's – that's tough. Um on the other hand, they got lots of other young pitchers coming along. So. And I'm not real sure that Alex Wood is actually going to uh, would actually make the difference with this team. 
too. Oh, right, I mean, I, right. It's, Again, part, it's more, it's, it's, yeah. they, they are looking long-term, not short-term. Also, and, Jose Peraza has not been good, so. Right, yeah. That, look at the that, whole that, Yeah, that's true. I, I do wonder, though, what, you know, let's say that come July 15th, Copy is in a position, whether it's because the Braves are still 10 games away from 500 and they're far out of any real playoff spot, or just Copy has basically said, no, we would need to be 10 games over 500 and really in the thick of it to not do this. But if we trade Matt Adams, Matt Kemp, and Nick Markakis, I really don't know what he'd be looking for. Yeah, I, I don't have a good enough feel for what you get for people like that. I think you could get you could get some really good lower level prospects. Whether you'd get people that are, you know, right on the verge of contributing at the major league level, um, I really don't have a good feel for that. I mean, the Yankees are the most obvious destination for Matt Adams. Yeah, the Yankees somewhere in the American League. Well, sure, but the Yankees have a massive hole at first base. They are otherwise a pretty good team. They also have the one guy who's been hitting home runs at a better clip than Matt Adams. Um, So they're obviously in contention and they're the Yankees. That's what they do. But like, I don't think they're giving, well, and their best prospect just got hurt. So that changes some calculus, but do the Yankees really want to give up Clint Frazier, who is a Georgia native, but also was their prize haul for um, giving up Andrew Miller last year for Matt friggin' Adams? I mean, no, I love I Big City. Think so. Right. But you've got to think about it from that perspective of what do you really try and get? Um, and it might not be that bad to try and get somebody who could step into the rotation and be a solid pitcher for the next year or two, to be totally honest. I mean, I want Lucas Sims to come through. I think the guys at Double A are going to do well, but we have no guarantee they're going to be good major leaguers in the next. That's what we've said several times before. A lot of people say, "Well, by 2018, we'll be good." No, we still don't have the young pitchers who are poised to really break out as early as 2018. Um, maybe, but Allard and Soroka will just be 20 years old next year, um, and. Newcomb may have turned a corner and be good, but he may have a year or two of struggles before he really becomes good if he does. And the same thing is true with anybody else that's coming along. So, um, future's I mean, bright, but it's still a little bit further away. Yeah, and I, it makes the team really weird to follow right now because you can feel it happening, but also I think in some ways Braves fans – had a distorted view of how you contend because of the 90s. And it's both because the Braves were always in contention and it seemed like a thing that once you are in contention, you are in contention. Yeah. That happened to the Braves. But also, in 1991, the Braves went from being god-awful to the World Series. Yeah. To, technically speaking, literally the closest you can get to winning a World Series and not. <laughs> right. um, Relatedly, this was have... my foundational moment as a sports fan, and it says a lot about my psyche in following sports. But, the, I mean, teams don't do that. Most have a progression. Right. 
the only other, I mean, I could actually count yeah, the off. Braves' progression in '91 was was not just that they went from worst to first. Uh, they were one game below 500 in early July, and like nine and a half games out of first, even then, and they just had a phenomenal second half. But and that kind of thing happens occasionally in baseball, like you know the 1914 Braves or other teams like that. What was so remarkable is once they did that, all of a sudden they were they were the best team in the division for 14 straight years. You can't expect that to happen. Um, you forgot a more recent team that there was a movie made about with the Oakland A's. Well, yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> but you know these are remarkable, famous things, and I just talked about something where there was a book and a movie about them. That this is a, you know, teams don't just all of a sudden overnight become great that doesn't actually happen that often yeah it can i would love it to happen i would be over the moon but a realistic view says you know you probably do need to say you're two years from being really good and i think in this case the cubs are actually instructive the cubs got really good in a space of about two or three years depending on how you view their last awful season is getting in place. Yeah, but the process took a lot longer than that, obviously. And you know what? They're hanging around 500 right now. And they sent <laughs> Kyle Schwarber down. Because by the way, that's one of the most remarkable stories of the season. Yeah. Teams don't necessarily have an obvious upswing. And even, I mean, the other thing is, 91 and 93 saw remarkable turnarounds from the Braves. And cemented that as the Braves' sort of identity. And even if we don't talk about it and the Braves weren't counting on it as a team, that's how Braves fans know it can be there. And I think we all might need to back off because, you know, again, formative experiences, um, being angry at Kent Herbeck for uh, tossing Ron Gant off the base, Game 7, 1991. If you want to hear details, we did a podcast. No, I don't want to hear any more details. And in 93... memories for me, too. Frankly, if we make a big trade and there's a fire, I will be insane for a week because 93 (laughs) was so important. But also we're talking about remarkable things. And I think copies best at knowing sort of the reality of how these things work. You plan long term. You have a lot of guys. You don't sort of say, here is my missing piece until you really are. We need one good ace or we need a catcher who can really help us. But that's it. You don't have question marks all over the field for, you know, two or three years in the future. I think that's kind of where we're at right now. Yep, afraid so. I mean, on the other hand, I I think that the guy who should be moved soon might be Brandon Phillips, and we should also get his name right. But yeah, I I want to say this. Uh, one. Brandon Phillips probably isn't going to hit 300 the rest of the year. No. Two, Brandon Phillips will improve anybody who doesn't have an okay second baseman. Brandon Phillips has shown that he can still play, you know, major league quality this year. Um, He had really tailed off the last few years. Um, It's pretty much entirely a function of his batting average. If the guy hits 260, he is really a liability. But if he can hit 300 like he has, you know, he doesn't walk enough. Uh, he's got some power. He's had he had another home run last night. Um, he can still move around. His 
to the eye test, at least his defense still seems okay. Uh, I think he's got value to somebody. That means the Braves are willing to go in and trust second base for now to young Ozzy Albies. That and would be he exciting. has been hitting, which is the other interesting thing. After coming back from his injury, yes, I think he's close to ready. Um, he'll probably struggle. You know, you call up somebody like that, he probably won't be as good right off the bat as Phillips was. That, that's No, the, but the here's the other thing I was thinking. Isn't Ozzy not that far away from being uh, an okay major league second baseman? Oh, right. He's you, you just take his AAA numbers and put their major league equivalent and think, well, that's that's not bad production. Well, but we know obviously also, he's just 20 years old. He's going to get better even. His defense should be pretty solid. He's a good athlete. Oh, right. He's yeah. got the tools. I mean, we yeah, said that about Dan's being He's shortstop caliber, right. But, you know, he should contribute on defense. He's a fantastic base runner. Right. I mean, really sensational. And I almost wonder if it's better for a guy who puts the barrel on the ball to come up. That basically, no one's going to say, oh, I wish he had more power. They're going to be happy that he's... I kind of feel that way about a lot of these young guys if they get to that point. I'm not sure what's to be gained by another half season or season at AAA. Um a guy like Ronald Acuna, yeah, he he's got to he's got to see a lot more veteran pitching, maybe at AAA for a while, see how he responds to it. Um, but obviously, has moved up enough. It's probably time. Rio Ruiz might have been. I don't know that he's going to develop a lot more, but obviously, he wasn't hitting at the major league level. They just sent him back down uh, to play every day because your man Johan Camargo has clearly yes. won the third base job. Um, by the way, Camargo's not the third baseman of the future either. I mean, they really don't have a third baseman. No. <laughs> um, and that's, that's another thing that's fueling the, the Freddie to third talk, I guess. Um, I mean... I like Camargo, by the way. I didn't mean that as anything critical. I think he's got a yeah. solid future as a major leaguer for all the reasons you've said. He plays lots of positions. Um, he, he's, he's got a pretty good pop in his bat. Um, he also has walking, an, though. an underrated <laughs> trait for whether a guy can stick around, which is he can turn on a fastball. So, you know, he's not an automatic out. He's not a good offensive player yet, but you can't throw him a fastball over the plate. In fact, you can't throw him a fastball near the plate. Uh, He will swing at a fastball nowhere near the plate, which is the problem. But the thing that I think I have kind of been up and down with the Braves in the best way possible this week They've been fun. They've been interesting. They're doing things that make me enjoy following the team in a way that was not true. Certainly this time last year. This time last year, you know, the Braves had not just a terrible offense, but historically atrocious offense. This year, it's fun. I mean, they're, yeah. they're not out of any game. and <laughs> it's they're, they're fun. I'm, I've been watching pretty much every game and enjoying it. Yeah, a guy that was, like, an important offensive contributor at this point last year is now in the broadcast booth and annoying the hell out of me. <laughs> Jeff Rancor. Right. And it's not right. that Jeff Rancor was good last year. We were that bad. Right. Um, we won't get into the combo no, with Jeff Rancor and Joe Simpson, but I am annoyed by it. Uh, they somehow decided to find someone that could make Chip and Joe worse. I don't get it. Um. I I like the kind of puzzle piece element of putting together a team and thinking about long term. And I have never been any kind of a gamer, but I love 
sports simulations. But even I'm at a point now where I'm like, okay, this moving for the future, I really would like to speed it up. And I have to remind myself, it's a process. Right. You know, that's, the, that's the frustrating thing. I still think they've got, they've got all the pieces to be a very good team for several years in a row, but it's still a couple of years away. That's the bottom line. Yeah. But again, we're seeing it come together. I think, I mean, what is interesting is maybe you can get an okay outfield prospect for Matt Adams straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that, that could be actually an interesting development. Uh, maybe you find a third baseman who's got some real abilities. And... They need an outfielder and or a third baseman. At the... Although, speaking of which, by the way, uh, Sean Rodriguez apparently has a decent chance of coming back um, maybe in August. He's been working out. That that solves a lot of problems. doesn't solve them, but that contributes to some weaknesses they've had, doesn't it? Yes. Um, but he also had a horrific car wreck, and I thought that it was still in the <laughs> – like we're just thankful Sean is walking and might play. Again. Well, that's true. Territory. <laughs> so, just because he says I'm feeling good, I think yeah. he'll come back. I didn't so, mean he will. I can, yeah. I'm kind of like until they're like, no, he is going down. He is rehabbing. He can play. He has had extended spring training, getting at bats. That's when I'm gonna be like, oh yeah. But it also, I mean, Freddie Freeman is not coming back tomorrow. the The most optimistic now is he might be able to possibly come back before the All Star break. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty skeptical of that, too, by the way, just based on what happens with those kinds of injuries with other players. And I don't want them to rush it. Yeah. The worst thing would be to aggravate it. Also, take your time. don't try and rush to get back before the All-Star break as a marker. Try and, if you can, it's nice to be back after the All-Star break. Of course. But they give right. you a break in the middle of the season. Yeah. <laughs> take advantage of it. Uh, I... I could possibly see I mean I can squint and see Freddie working out at third but I think the theme of today's podcast is the Braves are not at a point where they do things that try and maximize the roster to squeeze it bad in so they can be in contention precisely and more uh, importantly they, the Braves are still probably about a year from really being a good team they might best. make those kind of moves a year from now um, to solidify the major league roster and maybe so make we, a run for it. We both seem to be on the line of more likely than Freddie Freeman becoming an uh, all-star at third. The Braves are going to have to trade some people and sort it out and oh, right. get those resources elsewhere. But for now, they're doing things like coming back all the time and having 11 run innings, which is exciting. And oh, it's fun. Yep. makes it... Kind of, I think and the, the ball is flying out of their new park. If you like that sort of thing, <laughs> yeah. Relatedly, we're relying on young pitching. First thirty years of the Braves playing in Atlanta, I where they developed the exactly so well. zero pitchers. Exactly, yeah. Because Necro was kind of developed in the one. Actually, back up and you know they actually did win that one World Series playing at the launching pad. That just shows how good those young pitchers <laughs> they developed were. Um, you said it's but, like the but, first thirty years. I I was sort of saying. It was less of a hitter's park by the early '90s. I think that's true too. That's earlier. It was. It was. I don't know how those things work, but that is chain true. link fences cause home runs. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, they cause massive injuries to exciting young outfield prospects like Brian Asselstein. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, 
The launching pad. But he wants to talk about look that look up that video or don't. Don't don't look up the video. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I still you know we're gonna keep talking about the Braves every week. They're really interesting to talk about now. We spent almost no time on the minors. Think about that. That is like the first time since we've been doing this that we didn't spend almost as much time on the prospects in the minor leagues as we did on the major league team. I suppose that's progress, right? Yeah, and also. We had to figure out Freddie at third, but uh, also it's also uh, All Star break time, and a couple of them there wasn't much minor league action this yes. year. Uh, are you going to weirdly look up Freddie Freeman taking ground balls at third and try and analyze it? Because I might do that. No. And, okay. Yeah, you do that and give me a scout. That, that'll report. be my job for next week. But uh, maybe the Braves will be uh, better overall in the next week. But they probably can't be more exciting. But whatever happens, we will be here to talk about it in one week's time on the Channel 17 podcast, brought to you by the Productive Leisure Network, online, ProductiveLeisureNetwork.com, and on Facebook and Twitter, at Prod Leisure. And if you want to check us out on iTunes or Stitcher, please, when you do that, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating, and leave a review, because those are the ways you can help us to get onto charts and be heard by new listeners. You can also help out the Productive Leisure Network a bit more directly through our Patreon page, patreon.com slash leisure. And there, not only can you help us out by giving a small monthly contribution as a patron to help us do more uh, of our podcasts, but also you can get special rewards like the What Happened That Year podcast, a companion piece to our What Happened Today podcast that covers one year in history, and it is exclusive for Patreon patrons. So if you want to hear it, go to patreon.com slash productive leisure and become a patron today. Also, check us out on Facebook and Twitter, and please Share us on your own social media, and you can find us at Prod Leisure. Thank you for listening. See you next week.